When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I have an echo. I right have now, an echo guys. right now. That's guys. JJ. That's Hang JJ. on a sec. I'll, I'll clean him up. I'll clean him up. Hello. <laughs> hey, buddy. Hello. Hey, buddy. Hello. 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 I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Oh, I know that. That was my echo. Yeah, you're yeah, feeding. You're feeding. I am feeding all day. <laughs> Why is that Why is happening? That Hang on a sec. He's feeding, He's feeding us, us, to us to us. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. I'm eating I'm by eating myself, myself right now. Right now. <laughs> oh my oh god, it hurts. JJ, yes, how's that? Yes, 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 yes. That's better. That's better. Oh, my gosh. All right. I liked, him, I liked it better the other way. Thank God I lost a finger. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, just be happy that's where I started. Wayne, let's get this started, man. Like, JJ is going to be checking in here in a couple yeah, of minutes. We're, we're going to check in with, you know, I, I don't want to lump you guys into the walking wounded category but tuesday was a rough day for for pac-12 and big 10 folks okay no fall football no fall sports and we'll wait and see about what the spring's gonna bring but but take me behind the scenes wayne because i I had talked to guys at ucla not named wayne cook who were very skeptical about that september 26th game against usc ever happening and sure enough it it came to fruition yesterday Yeah, I, I, you know, I've been trying really hard not to be skeptical. I mean, shoot, I was on um, Pac-12 Network just like within hours Boom. of of the decision talking about, you know, being hopeful, but having no freaking clue, which I think is, is what we're learning right now um, throughout this process is that 
And if you don't think this, that that politics actually are, are playing in a, a role in everything, I, I think you're not paying attention because I think we're even seeing it in areas where things are shutting down versus areas that are fighting to stay open. Well, hang on we, a second. I, I'm with you on the politics thing, but but because it, it look, it's happening. You're you're absolutely right. Look at the part the 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 portions of the country that are scheduled to be playing football right now. But it, was this not a medical decision, Wayne? I mean, it, it, it sure no. as hell should be, right? No, no, no it, it, it is. It is entirely. But here's what's, here's what's funny. And again, I, I just wonder if people aren't seeing this. You know, let's listen to the experts. Well, how many experts have differing opinions on this? Sure. Let's, let's, let's follow the science. Well, how often has the science been proven to be wrong on this? We, we discover new things every day. And, and then we have doctors that are saying that this works and have other doctors saying that this doesn't work. So when people say follow the science or listen to the experts, what they're really saying is follow the science that fits the way I think and follow the experts that say the things I want them to say. Sure. If you're not seeing that, I don't think you're paying attention. Our man, John Jansen, Big Ten Network, I mean, Sirius XM, In the Trenches podcast, a man of many mediums. Uh, JJ, thank you for making the time, bro. How are you holding up? Um, it's been it's been a challenge. I'm not going to lie. Um, this is this is something right now that's obviously none of us have ever had to deal with, and we've all had to deal with the Big Ten and most conference tournaments being canceled in basketball this past year. We had to deal with basketball, you know, the NCAA tournament being canceled, but. Football stirs another emotion, um, and it most certainly does for for Wayne, for myself, for anybody else that's in has ever played the game of football, that's involved on a daily basis in the game of football. To think that that won't be available this coming fall, it really hurts. It's it's weird, John. I mean, it's it's like I don't even know what to do with myself right now. It's like this is where I want to go to practices. I want to watch. I want to get prepared for the season, and I just want to talk about football. And what makes it even harder is now, and I know that you're experiencing this because there's been a a, a partial shutdown that us in the Pac-12 and, and the Big Ten have to deal with the fact that the idiots of the world are like, yeah, that's okay. We're, the real football still being played. You know, the nonsense that goes around, which is fun in games when you could actually show up on game day and beat them and then you can talk smack right back, but you're not going to get to play. And the ramifications of what's going to happen down the road and the ramifications of what's going to happen with all the recruits that have already, you know, said they want to go somewhere. Are they? It, it's just, to me, there's so much more to this than just – losing this season it's what's going to happen next well and that's it i mean you know i i talk about the emotions and and you know football season you you talk about going to practice and you get this chance to see guys butt heads football when football season rolls around and you get that little crisp in the air and there's a certain scent it it really it brings this emotion out to me and i just want to kick someone's ass and <laughs> to know what is going on right now, that there might actually be football somewhere else. It enhances that feeling even more because the disparity of, and, and gosh, I don't even know what the, what the, how to even begin this conversation. But if you think about the disparity that there at times seems to be in recruiting for between teams in the PAC 12 and the big 10 and the SEC or at times the ACC, not so much the Big 12, but um, 
that this, if they play football this year, will increase that disparity because you'll always be playing catch up. And, you know, there's what happens if they do play and the Big Ten, Pac-12 don't. And then eligibility wise, do we do we play in the spring or and, and to make even matters worse, if we don't play in the spring, you're going to have two of the power five conferences that may have to extend eligibility for players where, you know, you'll have fifth or even sixth year players playing for a couple of leagues and not in others. I mean, it's just the rabbit holes that you go down when you start talking about what this football season has brought us. Yeah. It's just unbelievable. I want to get your takes, John, on because you mentioned the Pandora's box that that we've opened up now with three power five leagues progressing while two hold off. I mean, you're talking about conference realignment that's back on the table all of a sudden. You're talking about the transfer portal, which is blowing up. If we were in studio, server could hit the sound effect of the of the transfer portal going bananas. But you, it. you know what I'm saying? Like that you're, there's talk about Nebraska bolting and going back to the Big Twelve. I mean, it's just it's it's the wild wild west and in some ways it's a metaphor for what we've been going through the last couple of months in this country but i didn't think we'd be here in march i never thought we'd be here and 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 the big 10 commissioner kevin warren said as much yesterday well and and gosh it's it, they're, they're i i'm still it, it, normally i'm much more put together than than you're hearing me sound right now and this is I'm just grasping at straws. And when could you repeat the question, please? <laughs> there was no question. I, I guess I'm just kind of curious your take on, you know, all of the things that are on the table now, whether it's transfer portal or conference realignment. I mean, because the, the game isn't going to sit around and wait. I mean, it, it's clear that the sport would like to go on and play on the field in 2020, even if the Big Ten and Pac-12 said no thanks. Well, and and so first of all, I'll tackle the conference realignment. I think that is there's a lot of emotion being talked about in whether it's Nebraska going back to the Big 12 or Ohio State thinking that they want to play outside the Big 10 uh, for a year. And, you know, Ryan Day made some comments even today that they're exploring all possibilities. So I I think there's a lot of emotion in that. And, And rightfully so from the coaches because they feel like their voices haven't been heard. And when you feel like your voice isn't heard and that all of the options have not been explored to have a football season your and and i mentioned this earlier i i the emotions that i'm feeling right now are run the gamut and so your coaches in a conference will look and they'll look at their team and the opportunities that their team has this year they will look at their guys and they will see stories in their eyes in, in their faces and whether it's a guy that came in as a freshman and struggled for a couple of years and maybe had some trouble and, and was kicked off the team or is now back on the team and has this one opportunity to go play. And they, they see stories like that every time they look at their players, if they're standing in front of them in a full team meeting and to tell them that they're not playing football and that they have maybe not explored every option is really hard and it stirs a lot of emotion. So you're going to hear that. But when things settle down in terms of the emotion, and it may be some time before that happens. 
I don't necessarily think that conference realignment right now is a part of the equation. Doesn't mean that this isn't the the first domino that leads to many more dominoes falling in the next two, three, four, five years. That 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 could possibly happen, but right now I don't think that's a possibility. Um, and then you start thinking about all of the different scenarios, and for and we don't even know yet the the three power conferences that are still playing football, will they still right. play football? Uh, who knows? Right. And and the conversation we're having today, we could probably rope in in another couple of weeks, uh, uh, a few more individuals to try and work through the emotions of canceling a college football season, because we just don't know. So it's interesting that you said that, John, because I was thinking that as well. I mean, like, you know, as, as fast as, as stuff's coming at us, I mean, and I know everybody wants to play, but, you know, who's to say another outbreak on a, on a team as we get closer to the start of the season doesn't shut everything down? I mean, it's it's very fluid. Um, the other thing that you discussed that, that I've, I'm trying to wrap my brain around, because what's really hard right now, and I know you're dealing with it and I know I'm dealing with it, is the emotional side of it. Well, what if everybody just transfers? What if everybody does this? What if all the recruits don't come? What if, what if, what if? And, and you have to slow down and, and take a deep breath because you have to realize, first of all, if everybody transferred, there's not enough playing. There's not enough positions on these other rosters to just take whoever they want. Right. So it's not that easy. They're, they have, they're full. You know what I mean? And they're recruiting people already. So they're not going to want everybody. So there may be some players that are good enough to say, hey, I want to transfer and teams are going to fight over them because they're that good. But, but it, it, it's a little bit trickier than that too. And I, I don't know if you agree with this, John. I think that if players can actually wrap their brains around the idea that like when I was coming in and, and, and I know you were in the other half of the nineties the that I was in the first half and you were in the second, but I, I used to remember coaches, they didn't promise us playing time as freshmen. freshmen. They, they said, you're going to come in and you're going to, you're going to, you're going to have to earn it. And, and red shirting's Okay. Like, I mean, that's, that's what I was told. It's like it gave you a chance. Like, I know that when I started as a sophomore, I started as a sophomore because I was a gray shirt for a spring ball. I was a red shirt, and then I had my freshman year where I got a couple of game action where I got in for a couple of snaps. And by the time I was a sophomore, it was like my fourth year in college, and I knew everything. So the other quarterbacks were way behind me because I just had the mental edge. And it's like – Right now, if, if players could wrap their heads around the fact that this is kind of like a, a growth opportunity, which, by the way, is not what any athlete's probably thinking, to work their butts off, to get better, to know that this is a unique time. And we're, we're, and if you tie this in to the, the, the letters and the, the, you know, we're not being treated fairly, that both the Big Ten and the Pac-12 have, had put out to their conferences – you know, th- there's there was a lot going on other than just the pandemic that I think played into this too. But if players can take a step back and think like, hey, maybe we can get some of these things we wanted accomplished. Maybe we can get that much bigger and stronger. And maybe, you know, keep getting an education and come back next year and be better than ever. Now, if you're a senior, someone getting ready for the draft and some of those players obviously have hard decisions too. But like you said, John, there's just so much to, to unwrap and to really think about. And it's really difficult because I think all the players right now are probably feeling like they're in an episode of the twilight zone. Uh, yeah. Along with all of us, uh, it's, <laughs> it, you, you, I woke up this morning thinking, man, that, that was a nightmare. 
and then you hop on different radio shows and you have to talk about the same thing that we've been talking about. It's just with that, you know, you've just taken that next step into the unknown. And um, I guess more what I'm curious about is I know a large part of the decision was simply the liability of playing this year and they, they didn't want to accept that liability. But I also think on the flip side that there are going to be lawsuits filed for, you know, loss of future income because you have seniors, like you just mentioned, that do not have the opportunity to move up draft boards or to get on a draft board. And is it a reality that some of those may be successful? Probably not, but it doesn't mean that it won't happen. I, we've all known lawyers that, they just look at something and they say, you know what? I can make a name for myself in this. So let's throw something at the dartboard and see what sticks. So um, I, I do believe that that's a possibility and they'll see a number of those, but then why, why haven't we heard anything about an injunction? Um, I, I think that there are still some things that the players could do, especially if they're trying to unify. Um, and it's hard right now when, two of the power five aren't playing and three are. But if if you are able to do that, then at least your voice gets heard even more and a little bit louder. And they are forced to deal with you. So I think there are still yeah. some tools left for players to look into and say, you know what, what if we do this? We may not win in terms of an injunction, but at least we can move our agenda forward. We may not win in regards to a lawsuit for loss of future income, but boy, if there is a year to do it, this would be the year. Yeah. Just imagine if Joe Burrow missed his his season last year. What a great example. Sure. You know, he's a mid-round draft pick, and then all of a sudden he's not only in the first round, but he is clearly the first overall pick and if he hadn't had this opportunity, there would have been millions of dollars lost. JJ, how how much of uh, of an inf- how much of an impact did the Players United movement have on this decision by the Big Ten and Pac-12? In your opinion, it's it's hard to tell. It's hard to know that you know if if the presidents looked at it and said, you know what, we can squash this right now if we just cancel the football season, and. I just don't know that the economic effect and loss to these athletic departments was worth making that decision. Maybe it was worth leaking the information, but to actually come out and vote and say we're canceling the season, I don't know that that would have been motivation enough. In fact, I I, I would highly doubt that was motivation enough for them to say, hey, we're going to call your bluff. You know what? We're gonna we're gonna we're going to honor the fact that you want safety, you want these protocol, you want these things. We're we're gonna say no no football, and that's what you guys wanted, isn't it? I I I don't think that 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 to me seems a little bit far. So hey hey John, in my emotional state, I had that thought. I I was like, man, if these guys wouldn't have been asking for all this, I mean, because it gives them an out. But I I agree. Now that I take my deep breath and I step back a little bit, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, which is why we have to be careful not to get too emotional. But I I do believe, and it's my my humble opinion, and and, uh, Stephen and I were talking about this before uh, you came on, 
that politics are involved in everything right now, probably more so than I can ever, well, not even probably more so than I can ever remember in my life. And there's so many voices that are being heard. There's Twitter wars going on with people that write for prominent, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're writing for, for, for college sports and they're so different in the way they believe and and what they follow. I'm going to give you an example though. And I'm just curious what you think when the players were trying to unite and, and ask for, um, I mean, shoot, the Pac-12 went as far as to ask for 50% of revenue, which I thought was kind of a – I wish they wouldn't have put that one in there because that seemed a little bit unrealistic there. But but it's – you know, there's a lot of good things involved in this. But I think it's funny that it seems like the the power – the people out there on social media, when they heard that the players – because I've been hearing this for years. College athletes are exploited. They're, they're not treated fairly. You know, they're just making so much money off them and all they get is a scholarship. It's not enough. It's not enough. It's not enough. And they hear this over and over and over again. I never felt that way. I know that you worked with uh, uh, Evan Moore a little bit uh, and I love mm-hmm. Evan and he's never felt that way. I, I don't know if you felt that way. I just love to play. I trusted my coaches. I thought it was a, a great opportunity uh, for me as a player, but I feel like the, the, the people that heard that were like, yeah, the players deserve more. And so many people, including the writers that cover the game, are like, yeah, they deserve more. They deserve more. They deserve more. And then as soon as they come out and they start the other movement, which is we want to play, people are like, ah, oh, they're just they're just 18. What were, what were you like when you were 18 to 20 years old? I mean, people, they'd play with concussions. They'd play with – and it became like they were kids again. It, it just seems to me like people – Again, just like politics, they want to hear what they want to hear. They want their agenda to be voiced. And as long as it agrees with them, they're happy. But if it's not, they twist it in a way which makes everything so freaking complicated because we can't even get good news when it comes to like doctors. Who do we believe? What science do we believe? It's so stinking muddy right now that it's just it it drives me crazy. It doesn't help that the two conferences that are shut down and, and the majority of states in those are blue states. Those open yeah. are red states. And, you know, that may be a coincidence. Maybe it's not. Who knows uh, anymore? But, uh, you know, in regards to the, the compensation for the student athlete, I didn't think about it when I was playing either. But the world was different. We didn't have coaches that were making eight or nine million dollars a year or ten million dollars a year with ten year contracts. There weren't the facilities that we had. Now we had great facilities, don't get me wrong. And there was nothing wrong with them. But through this arms race that we have seen with Northwestern having some of the best, you know, facilities in the country, comparing it to Clemson and LSU, and there's nothing wrong with that. But the world is different. And then you start to see these student athletes as they're recruited. They're recruited differently. They are told how special they are from, you know, eighth grade to freshman year and social media. You should, you know, and I know you know this, but the way that they, I mean, I was talking to, um, um, uh, Rocco, and I, I forget his last name now, uh, the, the uh, Spindler, uh, the new commit to Notre Dame. Um, his dad, Mark Spindler, I, I've been friends with him for some time, and he came on a radio show I was doing, and, and he said, you know, before he even his son even steps foot in South Bend, you know, they he's been told through social media, through recruiting methods that, you know, he's, he's going to win Super Bowls and he's MVP, he's a Hall of Fame, he's, he's all of these things. Yep. And he's never even put on the practice uniform. 
And some kids, that's okay. And and they can adjust and, and they can take it and see it for what it is. And it's a little bit silly. It's a little bit fun. It's a, it's a, it's a lot of things, but you still have to put the work in to do it. And these student athletes are compensated. You know, the, the yeah. money might, might not pass through their pockets, but they are compensated in regards to obviously their education, room, board, uh, doctors, uh, f- food. There are so many things, gear that they get throughout the course of their time on campus that I think a lot of that is forgotten because the, the, the shoe contracts, Michigan's right. a, a Jordan school what the, these kids get. And then when they leave, they can't sell it while they're here. But when they do, Shea Patterson just sold a bunch of his stuff uh, on, on a website. They they do have the ability to monetize some of this. Is it enough? I don't know that it is, but I'm also not necessarily, and, and I was for a long time against uh, name, image, and likeness. I've, right. I've kind of rethought that a little bit because I do think that it gives us a scenario where Athletic departments don't have to take on the cost and burden. We've already seen how how much of a tight line these athletic departments walk in regards to paying their bills under a normal year. Mm-hmm. Now you throw a pandemic, you throw no money coming right. from the NCAA tournament, now you throw no football season. We heard from Barry Alvarez, it's going to be a loss of, of $100 million. And I know for Michigan, it's going to be right there, if not more. Right, And so you can't necessarily expect the universities to then, you know, try and recover from this and pay the student athletes, make them employees. There's a whole bunch of different stuff you get into, but a name, image, and likeness, if somebody, if a car dealership, if a shoe company, if whoever it is outside the university, if they want to take that on themselves and say, you know what, your market value is X, and, and you're the you're the starting wide receiver, your market value is Y. And you're the starting center, your market value is Z. I'm fine with that. Uh, you know, yeah. hey, more power to you. And it's, a, and it's an opportunity for the market to set itself, which is why we live in America. It's a free market society. And the university and the athletic departments don't have to take on the burden. Wait, uh, JJ, I know you've got to run here in a couple of minutes. Um, because you're super busy. I, I did have one more for you, though, in terms of player safety. Are, are we talking out of both sides of our mouths here if we're if we're preaching player safety and, and banging that drum while also turning around and expecting kids to play 20-plus games over the course of a 12-month period if we're talking spring ball and then fall ball in 2021? What's your take there? See, I don't have a problem with that. I think back to when I was playing and we get done with the bowl game and we would start – you know, winter conditioning a couple of weeks later. I don't have that big of an issue with that. I, I, and I'm some, some, somewhat surprised that people are, are beating that drum so hard. And, and, I, and, and again, you got to wonder what the agenda is, because I know it's 20 years ago that I played college football, but I, I, I just don't. I, if you do that, then you maybe you only have eight games in the spring and you have to adjust 2021. So maybe you only have 10 regular season games and you have a bowl game. That is 18, 19 games. If you win a national championship, which is everybody's goal, you're going to be playing 15 in one season. Yeah. Is three that much more than 15? 
I, I don't think so. And, and with a couple of months in between. And if you finish around the same time that you would be finishing spring ball to start the season and end it, again, I don't think that that's big, that's big of an issue. That's what I needed to hear. Before I, I let agree. you go, because I know Wayne will peg you with questions all day. You got to run, JJ. Where you know, Plug where you're at. I, you're all over the place. I can't drive around in my car without catching you on XM. So tell our listeners what you're up to, where they can, where they can hear you, man. Uh, these days, you can hear me on 97.1, the ticket in the morning here in Detroit from 6 to 10. Then Big Ten Today on Sirius XM 372, their Big Ten channel, uh, ESPNU channel 84. Like you said, hey, I, I love talking college sports, not just football, but all college sports. So all year long, all day long, I'm doing as much as I can to, to live in the moment and enjoy everything we have because you never know what might happen. And somebody someday never will would think about it but maybe would take away college sports just can't imagine that would happen do you <laughs> and and yet here we are jj you're the best brother <laughs> be well man take care All thanks right? jj good, good talking to you guys you guys take care as well we'll talk to him soon our man john jansen big john always looking out for us uh i i mean there's a lot to unpack there wayne and i and i know that you want to I know that you want to go there. So he talks as much as I do. So that's like sorry. He doesn't, no, he, he doesn't talk that much. He does. He, he, he talks. He, he could go. Well, I mean, he's a man of many mediums. I mean, he's he's literally <laughs> like I've texted John in the last couple of days because I I can't. I mean, I listen to talk radio nonstop when I'm yep. when I'm in the car, and I mean it's 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 like John's everywhere. But uh, we love him for it, and of course, you know, long time. College Sports Now listeners know that he's been a part of what we've been doing here. So always good to catch up with him. What's your takeaway there? Because you guys are in similar but different situations in that I think the Big Ten caught a lot of people by surprise on Tuesday when they canceled the season. The Pac-12 vote was unanimous, Wayne. You know this, but every president of the Pac-12 said we'll pass on fall sports. Not the case Uh. in the Big Ten. And maybe there'll be some ramifications with some teams possibly looking for other places to play ball in the fall. We'll see. I I think that let me just kind of make sure this makes sense, though. I I don't want anybody out there listening to think that Mario Cristobal or or Coach Shaw or 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 Chip Kelly are sitting there going, yeah, we'll just pass. We'll punt. We'll, We'll just we'll just wait. I, I guarantee you, presidents are a different animal. I but but the the coaches and the players, um, Coach Whittingham is probably riding around on his motorcycle right now looking for someone to punch. I mean, he's he's got to be angry. I mean, the, there are coaches in this conference that are extremely passionate, and the players. And again, I I, I get the movement, which 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 makes this a little bit tricky because. I, like John Jansen, try to pride myself on the fact that not I'm not set in my ways. I, I, I tend to agree with him on the name, image, and like, likeness issue. And, and I think, you know, a couple of years ago, I, I, was, I was ready to, you know, to battle on that issue. Because I think that, you know, change happens. And it's, you know, so, you know, and sometimes out of, out of situations like this, you know, when we're dealing with what we're dealing with, sometimes that change is positive, sometimes it's negative. Um, I like some of the, the ideas. I mean, I never thought I'd say this, but like, you know, I, I agreed with the players about, uh, and John mentioned it too, coaches' salaries. Um, I've said this on this show before. 
I just have coaches are making so much money right now. Like, you know, when I played, I always felt like our coaches, I mean, and I think players still feel that way, but like, I felt like the coaches were in it for us. They were, they loved the game. It wasn't, I mean, they were getting paid fine. I think Terry Donahue, when I played was making 400 and something thousand dollars a year. And at the time he was like the highest paid state employee. So it wasn't like he was struggling, but man, he was like your dad away from home. You're, you're, you know, my, my offensive coordinator, Homer Smith was like, I mean, I had people that they'd come to my dorm if they didn't think I was doing what I was supposed to be doing and say, Hey man, you need to, you need to start studying. You know, you need to do what you're supposed to do. You need to be in class. I mean, we went to college and we had people helping us grow into young men that could function in society that could eventually become, you know, dads and, 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 and be in the business world and, and be, and, and be good husbands and all the things that like coaches pride themselves on. You start, you know, and I always thought that if you wanted to make more money, then go to the pros. I, I know that sounds terrible, but like nowadays they make so much money where you don't have to go to the pros. You stay in college and you keep winning and you get paid millions and millions of dollars and you get the best recruits in the country every year. It's not like you have to go through the draft like they do in the NFL, but I don't know how they change that. Like, I, I don't know how they change that, but I, I do get some of the arguments. I, I, I do get some of that. What I don't get is that I really don't believe that players are being exploited. I really think college is an amazing opportunity for, if you're good, to springboard you into a great career, possibly in the NFL. But if not, you're going to get an education. That, in my opinion, an education is generational. And what I mean by that is you get an education, you're going to pass it on to your kids. There's all kinds of studies out there that show that college graduates are more likely to have kids that are college graduates. And it just, it passes it on. And I know you might be thinking, well, what if they're rich? Well, think of celebrities' kids. There's a lot of celebrities that are rich and their kids don't actually always turn out that great, do they? So it's it's one of those things that, like, I think there's so much to be gained from college. And, and, and we talked about it a little bit earlier, Stephen. There are other athletes involved here. There are other sports. Uh, John threw out the $100 million number for, for sports programs that they might be losing. Um, how does that affect other sports? All, all these kids, like when they're growing up that want to go to college and want to play a sport, I honestly believe that 90-something percent of those kids think it's an amazing opportunity to, to go. And so, yeah, you beat up your body. You go through a lot. It's really, really hard, but so, it's so worth it. It's just so worth it because it sets you up for everything else. And so, you know, I know I'm, I'm a little bit all over the map right now, but I think we do need to be flexible. We need to listen. We need to look at what the, what the players are asking for. Um, I, I agree with John also. The players get so much more than we used to. I mean, they get to eat year-round for free. They get so much gear. They get, I mean, they get they, the facilities are ridiculous. I mean, our stuff was nice, but it's not even close to what they have now. Um, just everything's just so much. And maybe that's why players are sitting there going, you guys get all this. Well, you know, where's ours? But uh, anyway, I, I could I could keep going forever, but it's it, there's just so much going on. And I think that if we can learn something from JJ, it's to be open-minded and be willing to to, to listen. I mean, shoot, as a, as a world, we need to do this right now and hear everybody's opinion and everybody's point of view and then make a, a good decision based on the information yeah i i mean I, i've told a couple of friends this you know and a lot of those friends are are broadcasters who are uh who work in college sports who are struggling and and thought that the fall was going to be a chance to recoup what was lost in the spring with basketball ending the way it did with there being really not much of a baseball season at all i mean most broad 
most broadcasters, Wayne, as you can attest to, are contract employees. They are paid right. per game. When there's no games, there's no money. I, I would be way more fascinated by the college sports uh, industry discussion if I didn't actually work in the industry of college sports because I think there is a bit of a revolution going on whether it's name image and likeness whether it's the players united movement whether it's the fact that and and I'll disagree slightly with something that 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 John said about the arms race and and the fact that all of these schools are ramping up and have ramped up their facilities and are paying their coaches and their assistants and everybody on down the line and we talked about this a couple weeks ago with the explosion in college sports and how much some of these teams are spending it's not a for-profit model like the the whole point of saying hey student athletes the reason we can't pay you is because we've put our money back into the facilities we put it back into the coaching we put it back into the locker room the stadium the jumbotron well that's also why we're in the position we're in because there is no rainy day fund man like we're in a a a situation with this pandemic where Yes, clearly it is a set of circumstances that no one could have ever foreseen in college sports. I understand there's like government agencies that are supposed to be on top of this stuff, but separate conversation. The fact that there's no there's no rainy day fund to pull from and to make sure that we can get through this is why there's going to be mass layoffs at athletic departments and I mean, just on down the line. I mean, the, the economies of some of these college towns. Not so much L.A., not so much Westwood, but, you know, think about Pullman. Think about Tucson. Yeah. Think about Athens. Think about, you know, some of these places. In, in, in Look, right now the SEC and ACC are playing football as we sit here recording the show on August the 12th. But we've just had a set of medical experts from two Power Five conferences say that they don't think that's a good idea. So, I mean, how do we really think this is going to play out over the next couple of weeks, right? I think, yeah. I think it's still a coin flip, Wayne. I, 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 I do. do. I mean, it's, I, I do too. I mean, I, it's untenable. That that's that's yeah. the problem here. So, it, it's going to be a fascinating thing when we look back at 2020 in like 10 years. And yep. maybe we can point to these trends. Because right now, you can't predict it. It's like grading a draft class the day after the draft. I mean, right. give me three to five years. I mean, can we just see how these guys pan out? Yeah. So, I, so I, I'm fascinated to see how it all ends up. So I thought about this um, when it when the players when I read the the list of 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 issues that the you know the the Pac-12 players were having and you know the the what happened with their discussions with Larry Scott and you know they weren't pleased and um, you know it does play into it because one of the issues was testing and and when you think about the amount of money that it costs two tests and when the players are like that's not enough. I, I think that might have played into the decision because I think the Pac-12 said we can do this and make it something that every every school is required to do. But if you guys want this, and I, I believe I read Larry Scott was saying we can't do that. And then I also believe that the 50% of revenue was a non-starter. And you, you hit it right on the head when you said that what these programs are doing is they're they're making a whole lot of money and they're reinvesting it. They're they're reinvesting it in their program. What I think a lot of players may not realize, and again, I, I don't sit here and act like I'm an expert, but if you're not putting money into the program and the facilities, you're probably not going to win very much. You're probably not going to be very marketable in the first place. So if you want the name, image, and likeness, this is why I think that works. If you want the name, image, and likeness, 
aspect of this and you're Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields or last year you're you're Herbert at Oregon, you're you're marketable. You're in a good program. You're playing, you know, shoot, maybe this year it's, it's you know, it, pick a pick a quarterback, right? Yeah. You're Ian Book and you're at Notre Dame and, you you, you know, you're marketable. You're someone that, that can, can people people want to see. If your program's not investing in the program, then you're probably not going to win at the level that, because let's face it, I mean, the, the programs that are winning are, are, they're vested. I mean, they're spending a lot of money to keep these programs to be elite, so I, I, I agree with you. I, I don't think I don't think the revenue thing is ever an issue. I'm, I'm, is ever going to happen in college? I said this the other day, and I'm, I'm curious what you think on it. I've at the I never thought I'd say this, but for the first time, I'm like I think that we should consider being more like college baseball. For all the for that two percent of guys that you know think they're going to be a first round draft pick, you know, go. It goes back to the beginning of the year. I think it was uh, Harbaugh. Remember when he wrote the um, when he wrote the letter talking about you know some changes in college football. I don't know if you remember this, but yeah, yeah, it was right well, around I, media days. Sure. Yeah, and I think it was kind of a, like one of the ideas he had was a one and done. Like if you want to leave, leave, and and just go. Um, and the idea, and I, I thought about this as I read through that, and I was like, you know, I mean, we might be getting to that point. You know, if you're not going to play and you know, if, if you if you're that good and again, we're not talking about it's not going to ruin college football because we're not talking about everybody. We're just talking about a few people, a, a smaller group. It, in reality, when I when I sat and thought about it, I'm like that would affect Alabama and Clemson and Ohio State probably more than anybody because they have more players like that. The weird thing is, though, is how many times and I know Cerber's, you know, listening you know, Clemson has players that are going to be, you know, first or second round draft picks playing defensive line. And they're like, I'm staying, you know, we, we talked about this. One of the last shows we did guys where I, I thought that if there was a spring uh, schedule that Trevor Lawrence would stay, well, look what's happened since then. Trevor Lawrence would be the, the easiest guy to sit back and say, I don't want to play like this is too dangerous. I'm going to be a first round draft pick anyway, first or second pick. You know, I, I'm just going to sit back and wait to get my money. And I've never wanted to believe that athletes are like that anymore. I have always thought that money is a, a byproduct of you you loving your game. Like if you're really good at what you do and you love your game and you go out and play it like you want to be the best no matter what, the money just happens if you're that good. I, and that's kind of what, what I've seen from Trevor Lawrence over the years is I see a guy that loves to play football, that wants to be out there with his teammates. And he's like, I'm, I want to play. Like, let's play. He started that. So, again, it's, it, there's, there's a lot here, but it's, it's like you said, it's, uh, who knows what's going to happen. I'm, I, you know, I want there to be football, but as a Pac-12 guy, it's like I'm a little scared right now that if other conferences play football, how much is it going to set the Pac-12 back? For that, that's a very real concern. It, it's also worth mentioning, though, in the, in the same breath, Wayne, we could be looking at this in, in two months when the SEC and the ACC and Big 12 try to play football right. and, it, and it fails miserably. And we could be looking at Kevin Warren and Larry Scott and being like, these guys were, were dead on. I mean, they nailed right. it. These guys were, were ahead of the curve. Forgive the pun. That's a bad, bad pun. <laughs> but my, my point is, is that yeah. there's a significant calculated risk that these other conferences are going to be taking. 
And yes, you can sit here and tell me that there's risks anytime football is involved because it's such a violent contact sport. And while that is true, this is a different type of risk. And look, we're going to have this discussion in October and we're either going to be looking at what's happening on these campuses and around these programs and in these locker rooms and facilities and saying, yeah, these conferences can handle it. The testing works. Everything is as it should be. Or we could be looking back on it and say, hey, remember in August when the Big Ten and Pac-12 banged the season? They were right. And these other conferences got it wrong. Well, like, I, becomes- I, I, I think that's going to be a really interesting dynamic because right now we don't know. A lot of people are upset and emotional and rightfully so right. because the trickle-down effect is going to cost people jobs. Like real it- talk. It's going it's gonna, to it's gonna cost people their employment at some of these athletic departments. But guess what? Kevin Warren, Larry Scott, they might be right. Like they might be right, Wayne. It's a, it, it, they may very well, when it's all said and done, be justified in their decision. And, and at the at the end of the day, that becomes a recruiting tool. I mean, it's it's terrible how all this stuff works. It's 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 funny because it reminds me so much of politics. I know I keep bringing this up, but like, you know, if if you're sitting there at the end of the day going, listen, you know, we protected our athletes. We took care of our athletes. We promised them that nobody would lose their scholarships because I know that's something that's been been out here in the Pac-12 that, like, listen, if you choose not to play or if we're not going to play, you're not going to lose your scholarship. I know they're going to talk about seniors being able to get another year, which is a whole other long argument because now what do you do with recruits and numbers and all that stuff? There, there's, but it, it becomes a, you know, we got this right. And, and, we, and even, if you, even if you don't, like, listen, I, I want – if there's football – I don't want, like, I, I'm so tired of, like, if you ever had an argument with someone, like, you're talking about, like, say, the death penalty, right? And you're like, you know, I'm not really for the death penalty. I just assume the person sit in jail for the rest of their life and suffer. And the person says, well, what if they killed your whole family and tortured your children? I'm like, dude, shut up. Like, why do people always go there? Like, it's, there's always this one dude that's like, well, what if somebody dies? We've had people die in August that weighed 300 pounds running around on a football field that maybe had a heart condition or had heat stroke or that we didn't know about. It happens. It, it, it does. It, it, you go on the freeway. What if you die on the freeway? It's dangerous to be on the freeway, especially in California. It's, it's like, I don't, I can't think that way, but right now because of this and, and the more, and I'm going to forget the name of it. What's the, what's the Mayo, uh, the heart issue. Yes, it's a medical I, I term, know, and I don't sorry. want to it's mispronounce a, yeah. it as so, well. I don't, I don't either, but, but, but the, the, the deal with the heart, from what I've heard, yes, it, it could be. I think they're still trying to figure this out. That's like the most recent fear. But I've also heard doctors say that it's curable. So Myocarditis. You, yeah, but, but, and I don't know if you've heard that as well, but I've heard that it's something that you can cure. Well, so, I've, I've been told that it's something that's been around college football for a very long time. That this isn't something that is a byproduct of COVID. Only COVID. It could be other things as Correct. well. Correct. Right? Yes, it could very yeah. well be a pre-existing condition, and it's something that you know doctors around college football programs have been aware of and are screening and have been screening long before we ever had COVID-19. So some people in the medical community, um, and uh, granted – This is coming from ACC and SEC country. I should probably add that disclaimer because that's where I live and that's what I'm reading. But folks around the ACC were like, yeah, myocarditis, that's not a COVID thing. 
that's a health thing. Like that's something that we screen players for when they come in as freshmen. That's something that we're always looking for when these kids are getting their physicals. So some of those guys in the medical field were surprised that for the Big Ten in particular, when they released their medical report or when they, you know, when they talked about the findings that, that it was myocarditis that had all the university presidents saying we're out that that's a no, you know? So look, there's, I mean, Wayne, you talked about it. John mentioned it. There are so many layers to this. It's, you know, we could talk for six hours and not cover all this. The NCAA has to make a ruling on what they're going to do about this eligibility thing, which they managed to figure out for spring sports when this all happened back in March. And, and, and kudos to them because they got it right. They gave these, these, these student athletes an extra year of eligibility. Okay. But, I mean, you're talking about this, this rigid model of – you know, you can only have X number of seniors on scholarships. And I forget what the number is, Wayne. I think it's 20, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, seniors? It, yeah, I'm not sure. I, I, I think that it's kind of, isn't it, wouldn't it be the same as college? I think college scholarships, isn't it 25? Okay, so if it's 25, but my point is if you have an entire senior class who didn't get to play and now right, you've got a group yeah, of juniors, like how are you, yeah. you know, are, are we just going to are we just going to have this exception for one year or does the whole thing need to be overhauled? It's like well, again, the only way you'd be able to fix it, in my opinion, with football would would just to be you would have to have less scholarship numbers for freshmen for a few years. Yeah, but you've got you've got programs that are bringing in 20, 25 freshman signing classes. So I'm not smart enough to figure that one out. I, I just know that, like, I'll give you an example, like. UCLA has a has a player that's going to a senior year uh, named Demetric Felton. Had a really good junior campaign on on a team that struggled, but is is coming back as a, as an awards candidate as a guy that has a chance to, you know, to 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 have a really good year and set him up for a a solid. You know, in my opinion, he's 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 kind of built like uh, Tariq Hill for a. Kansas City. He's, he's like, the wide receiver, right? Yeah, and he's he's real shifty. He's real fast. He's yeah, I think he just scored another world, ninety-five yard touchdown against Washington State. That guy, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. He, he's really really good, and, and and so on. But he he still needs to prove that he needs to be more consistent. So he needs his senior year. He's just one of those players that that needs that. Well, what's he going to do? You know, he's in great shape. He's strong. He's kind of a slot receiver slash running back. So he's kind of like a little bit of a hybrid player. But he he needs to have a good year this year, and I think he's going to. I think he's going to be really good. So it's a for those players all over the country. Do they want to come back and be a year older, and have the opportunity to have a great year, or as as I think you said it earlier. Is it just time to start work, get an agent and start working with, you know, the millions of different workout, you know, people that exist right now, getting people ready for the draft. And do you go that route? It's because a lot of these guys, like players, like in my day, it seemed like we all struggled to graduate in five years. Now guys are graduating at three and a half. I mean, it's like, it's crazy how quickly kids are getting through college right now. So, I mean, if they're done already and they're already graduates, they might be thinking, you know what, I'm not coming back. And they might say the same thing. If it's spring, but if you're like the player I'm thinking of, Demetric Felton, you know, I think him playing more games really would help him because if you're a sixth, seventh, fifth, you know, even if you're in the second part of the draft, your chances of staying in the league for a long period of time are a lot less than if you're in the top three rounds. 
If they've invested money in you, you're going to get more opportunities. Even if even if you stink, you're just going to keep getting opportunities. And 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 again, I'm not saying those players don't ever get cut either, but it does matter if you get drafted higher. Yeah, I mean, look, the NFL could do college football a solid. Commissioner Goodell could say, look, for this one year, we're going to move the draft back to June or July. Yeah, no, no, no. You know, yeah. I mean, they they could swoop in here uh, and and help college football out, do them a solid. Uh, let's not hold our breath, okay? I mean, I, I I doubt very seriously that Commissioner Goodell cares about anything outside of, of the NFL. And by the way, you know that the league is sitting around licking their chops at the notion of college football being canceled because guess who's going to be scheduling Saturday and Sunday games? Not just Sunday games, but Saturday and Sunday games and just dominate the weekend. I mean, it's coming. I, 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 can, hear, I, I can hear you, but listen. College football and and uh, pro football married and whether they, whether they like it or not, and whatever you, maybe everything you just said was totally true. We learn college football fans, real college football fans. I I guarantee you there's a ton of people out there that when, if you're a Georgia fan, you're watching wherever, where, wherever your running backs gone, wherever you're, if you're a LSU fan, I'm going to be, I'm going to watch Cincinnati. I know some people are diehard pro fans and they only like their teams, but if you're a true college football fan, I root for UCLA players all over the NFL. I love the Minnesota Vikings. When I was a kid, I didn't like the Minnesota Vikings, but I love them now because I like Eric Kendricks and Anthony Barr, two great linebackers that played for UCLA that are playing for Minnesota. So I I root for that team because that's where they're at. So I I think that we're we're very, very connected. And I I, I pointed this out on a show I was on the other day. If you have ever been in an NFL camp, players talk about their colleges a lot. Like it's a big deal. Like it, it matters to them where they went to school and there's a lot of trash talk and they care about the game. So, you know, I I don't think that if college football was gone, yeah, it may be better for the NFL, but remember the NFL is different from college because, and we've said this before, and I know that you probably think that because I I want to expand the playoffs that I, I don't think this way, but in college football, every single game matters. You can be, you can lose four or five games in the NFL still have a chance to win a Super Bowl. And in college, you lose a game week one and they're already talking about how you might not you might not have a chance. You know, your Oregon, you might be out already after week one. So so much matters in college football. That's why so many people are so passionate about it. So yeah, they could have Saturday NFL games, but would they be like college football games. I mean, I know that the NFL wins and they're the, they're the biggest and they're this, you know, I get it. And then a lot of that's because of playing fantasy football and all that great stuff. But the passion that goes into college football, the Saturday game days, the crowds, the tailgating, the atmosphere, it, it's, you can't replace that. Uh, none of which, by the way, you'll have this year, uh, even if there are games being played in SEC, ACC, and Big that's 12 true. country. Um, that's true. I'm going to wrap with this question, Wayne, and you can take this a a bunch of different directions, but a month from now, what are we talking about on the show? I mean, you you think we're getting ready to break down ACC conference openers, Big 12 conference openers. We're still going to be two weeks away from the SEC, but kids are going to be on campuses. This is going to be in full swing as scheduled. So what do you think we're talking about in four weeks? Well, that's interesting that you threw out kids are going to be on campuses. You mean the athletes or the students? Because I always, I, I thought that's been kind of a funny, not funny aspect of this is that, you know, 
my, my son's in a college town right now in Flagstaff, Arizona at NAU, and he started school today. Um, they're online, but kids are there. You know, and eventually they're planning on, and this is Arizona, so they're, they're planning on having kids on campus eventually. They're starting out all online, but the kids are there. My son said he went to, and I'm terrible, I shouldn't even call him out on this, but he said, we went to a really fun bar the other night. He's 21. Um, you know, it's the week before school starts, and so he's doing what, and they're out, you know, outside. They're not inside, but outside on the patios, having some drinks with friends and doing what college kids do. We have to accept the fact that people can catch, and I, I do agree with this argument from a lot of coaches. I actually think the players are probably safer with their teams. That's what's frustrating me about this whole thing. I Again, I could be wrong. But I, I kind of like because every time I go down to Albertsons or Ralph's or if I have to go into Walmart, you know, to get something or Target or anything, I'm I could be exposing myself to the same questions that football players are getting. Well, what if what if you get what if you go down to the store and you get something and you get it and you and it's it's like well I might get it. I wear my mask. And I know that you're saying, well, the players can't wear masks when they play football, but I'm like, yeah, but they're getting tested every week. You know, my wife got tested like three weeks ago and it took, by the way, forever to get the results, but she's fine. She was somewhere where a friend had it and she didn't have it, but it took forever. She knew, she found out she didn't have the antibodies before she found out she didn't have COVID. It was, it was really weird. And it was like, but I told her, I said, you do realize you can get it tomorrow though, right? Right. This is, it's, it's kind of at the, at some point, it's like football players are going to be tested more than the regular population. And we all know they're in a demographic that if they do get it, that their chances of being fine is really high. Like, what about all the baseball players that got it for the, the was it the Marlins that had the big outbreak? Yeah, and the Cardinals. Are they all okay? Okay in that they are recovering from COVID, Yes. I, again, I, I don't want to go down that road because I know that there's always that chance of one not recovering, but like for the most part, they're recovering like really, really high, like 99 point something percent and, and they're fine. And again, I, I know I just made a whole bunch of people angry at me. So it's hard for me to, to grasp that because I do agree with a lot of the coaches, you know, Nick Saban, uh, Dabo Sweeney, two of the big ones, they've come out and said, listen, they're safer here. What do you think these 20-something-year-olds are going to do if, when they go home or if they have more free time? And we, we all could sit back and think they're just going to hang out. You know, I told my son to be careful, but he called me the other night and said, man, it was so fun. We went out to this bar. It was a great time. You know, and I'm like, good for you, bud, but be careful. I hope you guys were wearing your masks. You know, and it's like, I, I, it's hard because it's going to be, we've seen so many images and so many pictures of people not doing what they're supposed to be doing. And the athletes at least have coaches kind of making sure they're doing that. So I, I didn't answer your question at all. No, I think it's okay, that, Wayne. You're very no, on I, brand I, I never, for you. It's okay. It's all no, right. No, but I, I do think that here's the deal. Not only, Stephen, are we going to be talking football, and let's hope that they're playing, because I'm not rooting against anybody. Then let's hope that we get to keep going and talk about spring football. And I'll, I'll, I'll end with this. The Big Ten and the Pac-12 have, and I, I mentioned being married, have been married for a long time through the Rose Bowl. And I know it doesn't always work out that way anymore in the modern era, but when we get a good Oregon-Wisconsin Rose Bowl, it's awesome because there's so much tradition there. If they could figure out a way to have those two conferences that have been linked for so many decades to have a Rose Bowl where the two champions could play a Rose Bowl. and it, I mean, I don't know if this would ever happen, but I think it's a great idea. 
and even take the next two. You know, have a, if those two conferences are the only ones playing a spring schedule, have a Rose Bowl, have a championship between those two that's historical. Have, have and shoot, go as far as to let the second, third, and fourth place teams in each conference play each other. Give them a reward for having a, a season where they ended near the top of their conferences and get an extra game, especially since they're going to play less. And if they do what John said and play, you know, even fewer and have like an eight game spring schedule, it would be a great reward. And you could still take something new and not traditional and turning into something that feels a little bit traditional. So there are things that could happen, but who knows? I mean, Hey, maybe Russia's vaccine is actually legit. You know what I mean? It, it, maybe it is. Maybe maybe we're we're a lot closer than we think, and and they can you figure out a way to get this thing going. Hey, look, nobody is rooting for science more than me. Okay, but uh, Russia's vaccine, which has not been tested uh, on anyone, yes, it has. I think uh, Putin's. Uh, didn't he say his kid or his daughter or someone? They 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 took it. Cerber, look that up, man. I I don't I don't know if that's true. You think true. I'm just making up stuff? I thought well, I, I, thought I, I, heard I mean, that you know, it, it is Russia, so I just they're probably listening right now, actually, and and we love our <laughs> listeners in uh, in Russia. But no, I mean, it, it look, it is, it's unprecedented times. You mentioned being in a Twilight Zone episode. Uh, I'm not old enough to remember when that show was on yeah. television, Wayne, but I get the reference. Like yeah, I, I'm not I think old enough either, but you know, Cerber and I are both being asked fairly regularly for content ideas for these schools who were planning on doing broadcasts who now don't have yeah. twelve or thirteen football games scheduled. Like that's a problem, um, and and that's where we're at. I mean, that that's. I mean, what, hey, what do you guys think we should do? Well, I don't. I, I don't know. That I, I don't. I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. You know, that's the challenge here. Right. So, it's uh, it's it's been it's been a journey for sure. And I, I saw the other day that we just passed the five month anniversary of of the conference basketball seasons being canceled. It was March 11th when you know the proverbial shit hit the fan. And college yep. sports came to a screeching halt. And I remember driving home from Nashville from the SEC tournament where we were courtside covering those games when we're in the car driving back over the mountains in Tennessee. And I'm just thinking this this is going to change everything. I didn't think we'd still be here five months later, though. I, I thought we would have made significant progresses. And we can save that for another show and probably another genre of shows that have nothing to do with sports. But just, it's just, just quickly, it, as ahead. we end, as we as you wrap it up here, I had a student in my class when this first started, and I was the idiot throwing out, "You guys, come on! It's like the flu, and it gets hotter. It's going to get better. It's not going to be." And I was just trying to be positive about it, not knowing because, to be honest, looking back on it, so many of us, you know thought we had the answers and didn't. I had this I had this girl who didn't do a lot of work and just kind of sat there and was pretty quiet. She just looked at me. She goes, this is the plague. So she said, I said, no, it's not. By the end of the school year, when we shut stuff down, I told her, I said, you know what? You, you might be right. I mean, it was like crazy, but this has turned into, I mean, we'll, 100 years from now, they'll be reading about this time period in the history books. Yeah. You yeah. think there's going to be 100 years from now? <laughs> yes, server. Thank you very much. I sure hope so, but oh my gosh. Maybe not. Let's go science. Dum, 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 dum. <laughs> Need it. Need it. Defense. 
Uh, Wayne, we will do this again next week. And uh, in the meantime, you and the rest of the cooks need to, uh, you know, stay safe, mask up, and uh, take care of yourselves out there on the West Coast, okay? You as well, buddy. And uh, Cerber, thanks for saying one thing on the show. I, I was trying to give your your boys some credit, and, uh, you know, you didn't even chime in. So Listen, you, I, I don't have to. The guy's got an A-plus arm, a uh, million-dollar smile, great yep. hair. Yep. I mean, he's a 10 out of 10. He's a can't-miss first overall prospect for anyone. <laughs> yep, that's, that's the way to end the show right there. Nailed it. <laughs> Thanks to John Jansen, as always, for dropping by and dropping knowledge on us. At CS Now Tweets on Twitter, on behalf of Cerber and Wayno, I'm Hartzell. So long. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. All state vehicle and property insurance company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.